Hello, and thank you for joining a brand new episode of This Is Just a Phase. I'm your host, Jonathan Kent. Before we get started with this episode, I want to remind you that not only can you listen to this podcast on Spotify, but we're also available on Apple iTunes, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Anchor FM, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. If you want to take a second, head over to our Facebook group at This Is Just a Phase for updates on past and current episodes, as well as merch opportunities, touring schedules from bands being featured, the occasional music video, and whatever else we feel like putting up on the site. Well, if Facebook isn't your thing, you can also head over to our Instagram account at This Is Just a Phase podcast uh, for a lot of those same updates. Uh, We're also available on TikTok at T-I-J-A-P podcast. Uh, I post on there sometimes, but not as much as the Instagram and the Facebook accounts. Um, Also, uh, if you want to reach out to me directly, you can do so at this is just a phase podcast at gmail.com. If you have any concerns or questions or if you're uh, somebody who would like to be featured on the show. Uh, So please reach out to me directly and we can set something up. Also, before we get started, please head over to thisisjustarecordlabel.bandcamp.com and check out brand new releases from Hellefit and Dave Strong, as well as past releases from the Plan B's, the Prozac's, Letters, and Gatlin, as well as three amazing compilations. Uh, this is just a record label, is a label that I co-own with Mike Rotemoyer, and uh, we are a small label um, who is trying to put out good quality music and please head over there and support local music and support the punk scene in general uh well with that being said jay let's go And you've got no self-esteem There's a hole inside your head With no future to be seen Let's go Let's go Let's go Every day you wake up with the same morning routine You're content with the new wall And the same old morning scene Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go Let's go On this engaging interview, I sit down with Steve C. from the Tampa, Florida punk band Wrath and the Wise Guys. We chat about his band's recent Midwest East Coast tour, their live split release with the cutoffs, and their EP In the Mirror. We also chat about the positive vibe that the band carries with them, 
wanting to reach as many people through their music as they can. Florida being the butthole of America. <laughs> Just joking, people. And much, much more. So sit back and have a good, good time with this episode of This Is Just A Phase. Here's a song from Wrath and the Wise Guys from their 2023 release, In the Mirror, entitled Paradise. Please enjoy. It's Florida. These people don't matter. Hello, Steve. Yo, let's see how this works. Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like one of those fucking Verizon commercials. <laughs> hey. My computer, so everything seems to be working a little bit better. Okay, great. Well, Steve, thanks so much for coming on the podcast, man. Well, thanks for having me, man. Yeah, sorry about all the uh, the issues <laughs> we've had the last uh, two weeks trying to get connected with each other. Oh, it happens. Oh, you know, <laughs> life in the life in the adulting world. You know what I mean? Like, right. Shit fucking happens. Oh yeah. 
<laughs> well, I'm sitting here talking to Steve, a.k.a. Wrath from Wrath and the Wise Guys. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming back on, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me again, dude. It's always a good time. Yeah, it's, a lot of shit has been going on with you since the last time you've been on, man. You did you did a uh, cross-country tour. You did. Uh, you put out a new EP. Uh, just a lot of shows, a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going on, man. Like the last year and a half has been pretty busy for you. Um, like uh, I'm really happy for you guys, man. There's been a lot of stuff going on with you. Thanks, man. Yeah, I want to say the last time we talked, it was right before Paradise came out. I feel like Maybe. the end of twenty one. Oh, wow. Really? Man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, you had put out, you had put out the album. I just put out the new one then, or the first one then. Yeah. And I think it wow. was before you did, you know what? I gotta go, you know what? I, let me look at my thing real quick. Cause I feel like, damn, man, that's crazy. It's if it has been that yeah. long, man. Let me look and see. I mean, I feel like yeah. it was pretty early. Oh, yeah, it was episode 34, dude. Wow. December 2nd, 2021. No way. And we weren't, man, we were just getting back into shows. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I we think so. Taking, like November off, or maybe we were even take December off, too. Yeah, I feel like it was, you guys were doing a lot of, like, outdoor, outdoor shows. <laughs> You were doing a lot of solo stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just trying to, honestly, at that point, just trying to get my name on every flyer I could. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And yeah, I was trying to get it out there. And I was bummed. Like You, you, had, uh, you had made a, a trek up this way, and I could not make it out to your show, and I was so bummed, dude. Because we had been talking for so long about meeting right. up, and like I, we, I just could not get my schedule right, man. Oh, dude, it's all good. I mean, like that, man, that whole tour has been, it was crazy. <laughs> how, how did it go? I mean, it was great. It was, every show was a really, really good time. Um, ran into very few actual problems. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, pretty, I mean, everyone judges success differently, but we had fun the whole time, so. Well, that's great. because that successful for us. <laughs> yeah, because you've been busy. I mean, you put out... Um, into uh in in the mirror yeah um your ep yeah that was the very last thing that we've put out um god was that april or may i mean i don't even remember now no you also did you also the end of may the end of may but you also did the split with the cutoffs too right Mm -hmm. for yeah that came out i want to say right after paradise at the end of march uh, that was March 26th when that record officially came out, and that was really cool. Yeah. Um, really, really excited on that one. Yeah, because I had Scott on the podcast, too, and we were yeah. talking about that, and we, we had the mutual connection with you guys. Um, oh, yeah. So it, it's been – like, you've just had such a busy year. Like, you had, <laughs> you, had the, you had the live album come out, then you had Paradise come out, then you had the EP come out. Right, um, and actually, before that, in February, me and my wife released uh, the punk rock yearbook. Oh, that's right! I forgot so, about. Yeah, that. I mean, it's it's been just back to back. Nice craziness now, can, this year. <laughs> now, can you tell me a little bit, like, uh, with like how the process of early on in, in this year until now, like, um, 
like you're you're touring a shit ton. You're mm. putting out a lot of music. Is it is it is it all a, uh, like a byproduct of just being able to play out as much as you can now? Now that like everything's pretty much been lifted and like everybody is like going on with their lives and shit like that post pandemic. Um, yeah. So honestly, it's a it's a pretty weird story because you know the pandemic, and I, I'm sure we talked about this in the first uh, the first time I was on, but the pandemic is where I really started writing and formulating again. And then shortly after uh, things were lifted here, uh, me and my wife moved into a house and I had a jam space. And so I got the band together. And then, um, you know, the band kept going, but we actually ended up uh, sort of homeless for like five or six months. We were living out of a motel. Mm -hmm. And uh, just with all the housing stuff going on down here, it was nuts. And uh, luckily our friends, uh, a lot of our friends helped us get out of that um, into, you know, I, we're in a, you know, a trailer now that is in not the safest of neighborhoods and well below market value. So Mm -hmm. I'd say being able to save a lot where we were having to spend a lot is, uh, is definitely helping us as well. You know, it's, it's not the most ideal of situations, but it's actually helped us, you know, save for tour and get our car, up to par so we can even do that and and stuff like that so and actually speaking of that we are getting out of here this weekend into a new house so oh that's kick-ass congratulations thank you you're welcome thank you i'm stoked it's been a it's definitely been a journey i mean since covid i mean i've had more energy and more drive to do things but not necessarily the resources Mm -hmm. and then you know, that sort of shifted. Like I said, it's not exactly the most ideal living situation, but it's uh, it has definitely helped us a lot in uh, moving all of that forward. Yeah, I can understand the whole moving situation. Me and my wife bought a house last summer. Um, we live right on the PA Ohio line, mm-hmm. real close to Youngstown. Uh, as you know, you made your way through there. Right. Um but we moved like 20, 20 minutes west of where we lived. And mm. um, part of the reason why, just because the, the market sucked where we used to live. And for like, as not so great of an area it was, it was like people were selling houses, like insanely expensive, like way over value. Right. And moving over to Ohio is like the areas over here are just better and the houses are all held a lot more affordable mm-hmm. and or at least realistic you know what i mean right right so we moved over here in the last year we've had electrical issues and having to get the the pipes in the basement replaced like the the sewage pipes and stuff like that because we were getting backups and then right. we had our then we had our uh then we had our hot water pipe go you know, or hot water tank go. It's like one thing, and then our right, central yeah. air just went, and I we're just like every, one thing after another after another. And like, me and my wife at one point were like, "Do we do the right decision buying a house?" Right. You know, it was like so much easier just to have your landlord come and fix all this shit that goes wrong, and like now we're the one paying for it. Right. So it's tough sometimes, man. It's 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 tough sometimes, and you know, your band is such a such like i want to say a party band but in essential words like you're a fun 
punk band that likes to have a good time. And so, like, when reality smacks you in the face, it's like, fuck, I'm trying so hard to be optimistic <laughs> because I'm this optimistic person. You know what I mean? Right. No, totally. And I mean, like, yeah, I, I honestly get in the same thing where I'm like, well, I don't exactly want to call us a party band, but we're a band that likes to party. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, I mean, you're not like Andrew WK or anything like that, right. but you definitely want to have fun. Right. And yeah, no, it, it really is tough. Um, I mean... I mean, and when it comes to showtime, it's 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 really hard to be pessimistic about anything. I mean, honestly, for me, because that's all I live for. I mean, that's why tour was just the one one of the most amazing experiences ever, because it's just all you're worried about is getting to the next show. And that's and that's that's what I'm doing in life. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you went from Florida, you're you're you live in the Tampa, Tampa area. Mm-hmm. You make your way up through the Midwest and up through the East Coast. Did you make it far out west, or was it more like just like the Midwest? Uh, no, it was, I think the farthest west we got was uh, St. Louis. Okay, which was interesting, but um, yeah. Who did you play with in St. Louis? Uh, we played with Valencourt, um, and they're really, really good. Um, if oh, you ever cool. get a chance, look them up, Valencourt in st louis that was their first show but they're all members of or i guess ex-members of other bands that have been in the scene for a while so they were really really well polished and knew what they were doing Um, oh that's cool yeah and then blanket of m i think from texas but they were really good too oh that's cool Uh, so it was two yeah two different touring bands or i guess three because i had the social infants again so we're technically two separate bands oh yeah Um, but yeah, that that was an awesome show. I mean, for a, I don't know, say it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something like that, and it it went really really well. Yeah, I think you made your way through Youngstown. It was like a Tuesday or something like that, Tuesday or Thursday oh, or something. Like yeah. that. It was a, it was a weekday. Yeah, something like that. And we ended up actually playing at this house venue or I guess garage venue. It was a detached garage in in a Canton. That's uh, right. That you played last minute. Yeah. Yeah. Like la- super last minute. I was just like, wait, I know this dude who has a jam spot and he's always inviting people to come out. So like may as well just swing through and jam a little bit. Yeah. I just couldn't get a venue. I couldn't get anybody uh, yeah. to get back to me for Youngstown. Right. He had reached out to me like months in advance. And I was like, let me see what I can do. Right. Cause at the time I was working on good, I was working on, the Prozac's mini tour that came through the two days that they did a swing through here. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, I got them to play Pittsburgh and then Youngstown back to back. And then they made their way back up to, up to Massachusetts. Nice. Yeah. First time they were down in like, what was it? 17 years. Oh, wow. So yeah. Yeah. And then coming up, they're going to be doing, uh, or they actually just did a Midwest swing. They did uh, Chicago, Detroit, nice. and somewhere else. I can't remember. But, yeah, they did, like, a little swing through there again. So it was pretty cool. That's cool. We were trying to get Detroit as well, but that one ended up not happening. But it was cool because we did play Chicago with um, Space Age Zeros and Cap Gun Heroes. And yeah, two, that's right. Okay. Two yeah. of my favorite bands, you yeah. know, especially from that. Yeah, I just had uh, I just had Nathan and um, Jason, right? Jason, one yeah. of our guests. Yeah, mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I had met Jason a couple of months ago, actually probably almost a year ago through a, a recording project that a mutual friend of ours had put together that um, I guess I wasn't uh, speedy enough in getting my, my tracks in. <laughs> Shit happens. Uh, that, that was an interesting time. But uh but yeah, so I finally got to meet Jason and that was really cool. And seeing Cap Gun Heroes was fantastic. Yeah, it's um, like it's it's so weird. Like I have all these connections in Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be those guys or the the guys in the Cobains and Sex mm-hmm. Dream and um Drew from Noodle Brain. Like I have like, all these connections in Chicago. And like, I want to go so bad, and like, feel like I can't ever get out there because it's only like it's only like six hours away from me, right? So like, the ability to be able just to, you know, basically leave early in the morning and head to Chicago, I mean, it's pretty realistic, you know? Yeah, or just make a little weekend trip out of it or something. Yeah, because you know? it's the one thing that's so fun about living where I live, and I'm sure you found it out too coming up this way. Mm. It's it, everything is so such in like close proximity to one another, mm-hmm. and it's 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 I it's just it's kind of nice. I don't know if it's the same way living in Florida, but like you can pretty much get to like six major cities in less than six hours. Yeah, um, I definitely it's it's decent around here. Um, the scenes are always up and down and stuff, you know, but I mean, it's mm-hmm. easy enough to get to Orlando or even the East Coast and like Melbourne and Sanford and down to Cape Coral and stuff, which we do pretty often. Mm-hmm. And then even going north to like Gainesville. We haven't made it to Jacksonville yet. Um, but I mean, even making it out of state to like Atlanta is only like eight hours. And so yeah, that's, that's not I, too bad. That's where I usually choose to start tours and stuff like that just to first day just make it out <laughs> like, we just yeah. gotta get out of here <laughs> yeah it's probably more realistic probably to end up in like what like alabama and, like, and yeah that's actually that's actually where we started uh was birmingham this time um mm. hooked up by my buddy brian burks uh does fantastic art the second time he booked us he did the art for paradise and in the mirror um, oh, okay and me and my wife actually got tattoos by him the last time we were up there on tour so <laughs> That's cool. Um, yeah, great, great dude. Um, he deserves a lot of recognition for all the stuff he's doing out there. Yeah, and there's, um, I know the guys, uh, one of my very first, one of my very first interviews, like, I think it was, like, episode, like, six or seven, I had the guys from the Handsome Scoundrels on. Word. And, and they're from out that way and stuff like that. So there's definitely something going on out there, and that's really cool. Oh, um, yeah. My dad spent was it four or five years living in right outside of Clearwater oh wow and um yeah he lived in uh if you know where Pinellas Park is <laughs> yeah yeah hey, my dad uh... lived out there my dad uh did uh local my dad was a truck driver growing up and so he did a lot of like runs through like Clearwater Tampa area and stuff like that okay yeah and, we're uh, just north of there so. Yeah, my dad told me all the time, he goes, you would love it down here. There always seems to be something going on. There's, like, all these shows, and, like, mm-hmm. there's people like you running around. I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. People <laughs> like me. like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, there definitely is, and there's always, I mean, you know, it's like everywhere else. There's always some, some scene drama, you know, cropping mm-hmm. back up here and there. But there is always something going on if you want to see 
a punk band or something different, you know. like like up where i'm at like it's it's always never really got a lot of attention anyways so like people seem to be pretty humble up here but like every now and again you'll get like a big ego right and you're like your next bam yeah and i'm <laughs> like you know i i remember i was talking to one band and they were talking about one band and then you know, they were there i won't mention them by name but they were just kind of belly aching and bitching about the scene and yada yada. I was like, dude, do you not realize you come from the same place as like Crowd Deterrent and mm. Johnny Three and like all these bands that actually went out. Like there was this band called Northern Beaches that got pretty big for a while that mm. were from this area. I'm like, you know, quit bitching about what you don't have. Like if you truly want to make it out of here, then there are ways to do it. Right. You just obviously would rather complain about it than try to go out there and spread word about and be proud from a uh, be proud of where you're from instead of just complaining about how this that and the other thing i'm like i just i hate that kind of stuff man yeah i mean it's definitely a lot easier to complain than to do something yeah because i mean i understand we're not a hotbed of music but at the same time though it's it's people know about Cleveland bands and Pittsburgh mm -hmm. bands and these types of bands, just like where you're from. There's people know of Tampa bands and Orlando bands and mm -hmm. Gainesville bands. Like it's just you just you have to go out and make your own track, but just people want to complain and bellyache and create drama with other bands. And it's just like just 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 play your music and shut up. You know what I mean? Right. Nobody, nobody wants to hear that. Right, right. And I mean, that was one of our biggest uh, things in putting out 
the punk rock yearbook was just a, a way for everyone to connect other than just going to shows mm-hmm. and, and doing stuff like that and really showing that, you know, everyone kind of gets to be cool. Yeah. You know, that's, that's why we're here so that everyone can express themselves and feel cool and, you know, just get to be a part of it. And there, there is so much separation that happens and it kind of sucks. Yeah. But, and, it, you, know. It, you know, it's like, I started, of course, I started the podcast and I started the label. And the one thing I wanted to do was like, well, you know, I don't play in a band and I don't do these things, but like, I really like these bands that are out right now. I'd like to get them some attention. So that was my whole thing in there. Instead of complaining about how these bands aren't getting heard, I was like, well, why don't I give them a fucking platform to be heard? Right. You know, I do mm-hmm. the podcast, I have these people on. So why not get, people to look at Gatlin or people to look at letters. And then as I was doing it, then like other bigger bands came my way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether it was the Prozac's or Hellafin or Dave Strong or whoever, you know, that ended up happening. But like, that was, that wasn't my main focus. My main focus wasn't to put out these big names. My main focus was to generate what was going on in my area. Mm-hmm. And then so by the time I was able to get the bigger bands, well, that signing the bigger bands are only going to make the lesser known bands help them get more attention, you know? So it's all going to feed itself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it all ends up, I mean, it, it sounds so simplistic and it's probably not even completely true, but you put in the effort and you're going to get something from it, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's exactly what you want or not, you know, sometimes it, it helps you push towards the next thing too so yeah. i mean but like you said it's 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 growing and that's awesome like i'm I'm really happy for you and your uh your label oh thanks a lot man i appreciate course, it and i'm man. really i'm really proud of everything that you're doing and all the accomplishments you do because thanks man you've been you've been a huge supporter of what i've been doing since day one you've always wanted to be a part whether it was in a comp or you know, an endeavor that was going on. Like you've always reached out to me and I really appreciate you over, over the last several years, really getting to know you get to watch the progress of your band um, from, from the first release to through now. And it's really cool that like watching your guys growth and you guys are, you guys are amazing live. You're fun live. You have a good time. And as time goes on, more and more people are recognizing your name and like you're becoming uh, kind of a force to be reckoned with in a lot of ways because people name drop you all the time. People are citing you, <laughs> posting your songs. Like it's really awesome to see in like such a short amount of time, like how much, how much traction you guys have gotten. Thank you. You're welcome. Like, how does that make you feel? How does it make you feel to know that, like, people are legit? Because you're like me. You've like, been a part of the hot, scene for In the hot time. seat now. Yeah, you're in the hot seat. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but, I mean, like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you've been a part of the scene for a while. I know you're younger than me, but you've been doing music for a long time. Yeah. I mean, like, realistically, I have been playing shows since I was, like, 16. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 14 years now. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's always just trying more. I mean, like, it's, it's, it's not like it's always easy or whatever, but I, I somehow don't lose hope ever. 
Like I, is... I just that weird deranged sense that I'm lucky enough to have that, you know, I can take all the blows and just keep going. Yeah. And yeah. with Ross, <laughs> Ross and the wise guys, like you really pushed yourself. Like you were like, I want to do this. I don't want people to hold me back. So whether it was changing out members or, or having to do solo stuff, like you wanted to push the name out there because I think you were just at the point where like, listen, I would like to be recognized for what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like I've done this a long time. I mean, yeah. And I, it, it, you know, and it always sounds weird and I don't, I don't want to sound too egotistical or anything, but I know what I have is good. Mm-hmm. And if I can polish it and I can actually use it to make people happy and I can figure this all out, you know, I don't want to sound like a crazy tyrant. Like I'm just out here switching out members all the time to, to make my, my fever dream happen or whatever. No, but it's a but, natural uh, <laughs> thing though. I mean, who hasn't been in a band where like, listen, you got to yeah. kind of, you got to kind of tweak it. You know right. what I mean? You got to tweak the band, especially when you're the one who starts the band. Like mm-hmm. you have to realize, like people have to realize like you, if people aren't making the sound that you want to make or aren't, if your vision isn't being met, then sometimes you have to do things that might, might seem, you know, like a dick move, but like, that's just the way it goes with music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, luckily that's only been the case once. Um, The only other times I've had to change members, uh, people just got busy. Yeah. You know, people's lives change and, they get older and they have different priorities. And that's why, especially now, um, I, I, I mean, even uh, from the beginning, I'm just very upfront. Like, this is all I do. Like, mm-hmm. this is my life. Like, if I have a job, I'm not, I don't even think about a job. You know, yeah, you don't not, marry the job. That's no, like, that's, that's just to keep this going anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's all I do. So, and plus, you um, have the support of your wife, too. That's the biggest yeah. key, too, is I wouldn't be able to do what I do without the support of my wife. And right. I'm sure that applies to you, too. Like, you wouldn't be able to do, you wouldn't be able to go on tour for two months if it wasn't for your wife helping helping you along the way. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, uh, I made that point to myself and pretty much every time the whole time we were on tour that none of it could have happened without all five of us mm-hmm. that were there. You know, I mean, I did my part. The band does all of their part. My wife is such a huge part of it. And just without all five of us there together, it never would have. I just couldn't have worked. Yeah. I mean, everything, like, it's like the machine, like, everything has to do its part. Mm -hmm. Everybody has to put in the time, put in the energy, and, and focus at the task at hand, or it just doesn't work. Right. And when you have people that are grateful for the opportunity and that are also on board with all of that and like to do the work, you know, it's, it's hard to find people that enjoy doing this work. (laughs) Yeah. Because for a lot of, for a lot of people, it's, it's not that it's a thankless job, but it's, it's frustrating to get in a van and go from town to town Mm-hmm. And not being able to shower every day and not being able to necessarily get a good meal every day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it weighs on people. That's why the average lifespan of a band is like a year. It's just, <laughs> it's a, it's hard to fucking do it. It's, it's, it's a yeah. struggle. Yeah. And I mean, like, I just, I'm, 
psychotic. <laughs> I, I I enjoy every bit of the uh, of the torture and all of it. And I mean, I just I I don't know. I guess I'm just of the mindset that I've, there's no fucking way I can give this up. Like I yeah. just can't. You know, I'll do whatever work it takes. It doesn't. I'll sleep in my car. I don't really care. Like I do what I gotta do, and I get to play music in front of more people. Mm-hmm. And that's that's it. You know. Well, and it's and it's just that it's it's I don't know. You you really have to love it to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely one of because you're not you're not making any money. I mean, no, especially early on until someone's paying for everything for you, and then you're still probably not making money. I saw, I saw the the queers a year ago, mm-hmm. and I was watching them. And like Joe Queer is having the time of his life, mm-hmm. and he's been doing it for forty fucking years, right? And it's like, how do you still find the fun in something that like you've really never been fully successful? I mean, you've sold records, don't get me wrong, but right, you know it's you know it's still packing in a van. And fucking going from city to city, it's not like they're pulling up in a in a, right. in a fucking bus, and you know this fucking bus falling with all your equipment in. I mean, you're essentially in a van with a bunch of other fucking dudes, mm-hmm. you know, a bunch of fucking ball sweat, and really <laughs> like just trying to get through it, man. Yeah, and it, it, I think it. I hate to be the you know the old guy and the boomer or whatever, but it just comes with that hating the this digital virtual experience and mm-hmm. i just i want to get out and do real things with real people yeah and i mean that's it's sort of dwindling you mm-hmm. know but there's there's enough to keep it going and that's that's cool yeah so i mean you you find i mean like you were saying we have so many connections especially in chicago that's always been a hub for real wholesome musicians i've found mm-hmm. but um, I've also found that once you sort of, you know, like you said, the lifespan of a, a regular band is about a year. So if you surpass that and get to the two or three year mark, you sort of start meeting everybody. Yeah. Because everybody ends up knowing everybody because it's a real small club and not everybody makes it. And not yeah. everybody cares enough to stay in. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's a lot of work and it's a lot of it's a lot of back and forth and it it's a lot of learning who you are and you know, I, I don't know. You know, what I've, I've the longest band I ever played in was about about three years. And you know, and I was lucky enough to be in that band for as long because it's like it's like we were talking about the average span is a year. So like if you can mm-hmm. get to the three year mark, mm-hmm. then you meet and like so when I was starting my podcast, it, even though I had been out of playing in bands for almost twenty years at that point, I think it was like fifteen years at that point, I still had all these connections to people because mm-hmm thanks to like social media like you can still talk to you know um people that you've come up in the scene with yes so it was really cool to like connect like you know i I, i've told the story at nauseum but like my good buddy stiff who was in the hollywood blondes and now he's in post ramon you know he showed me all these different sites was like here man these are people that like you know and like there's these people that like are into the same stuff that we are into and like they know all the bands we know and so mm-hmm. i jumped into the, these sites and then found out oh my god here these all these people are fucking accessible all these people I, you know the people that i knew personally or people that i only knew in passing mm-hmm. i had a way to connect with those people and it was fucking absolutely amazing to be able to have that right yeah and definitely like like it, it's it still boggles the mind that like I have connections to all across the United States and Canada and Europe and mm-hmm. have connections in South America and Australia. It's like it boggles the mind that like punk, the, the punk scene is just not local or just not a, a, a specific thing, but it's a global, a global thing where it's just so easy for you to become friends with like-minded people and, and get your music and, you know, get your thoughts across. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, and I mean, it's sort of always been like that because you hear about Operation Ivy and Green Day sort of, you know, hijacking their their network. But, I mean, it's really easy to pick out. You know, especially when it's... I, I don't want to say it's the only place where it's true, but especially in punk a lot of it is merit based like mm-hmm. you know if if you work for a really long time you you're almost guaranteed to end up getting noticed yeah you know, some kind of nightmare has been on the road for 10 years now everybody knows them and the same with the dolly rocks yeah and stuff like that it's just you you work really hard you keep going and as long as you keep making it and you know and i mean yeah it it ends up being you know if you can make a good product and continuously put out good records and top yourself and you know there, there's the whole being in competition with yourself which isn't really what art is but mm-hmm. as long as you can continue producing you know it you're you're gonna end up somewhere and so it's it's cool because it keeps growing but it still seems just as tight-knit where if you're in a band you can probably talk to just about any punk band in the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's, it's something that like still really, you know, it still really boggles the mind. Like, cause even like when I first started doing the podcast and I was interviewing these people, I'm going, well, I'm really reaching out to some big names and like everybody is just the fucking dude. 
Like everybody wow. is just the person that you see at a show, no matter how big you think they are, they're still just like, yeah, I remember when I talked to the Cobains and I remember you know, speaking of Chicago, mm-hmm. but like I've been listening to the Cobains for such a fucking long time. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like the Prozacs and, you right. know, like all these bands. And I remember talking to the guys in the Cobains and being like, walking away from the conversation though they are just humble people just they're you know they 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 work their day jobs they they get to play out when they get to they get to tour and they get to but they're just people that if we lived in the same city we'd probably hang out every weekend right and it's like the same with you like like even though i don't know you personally it's like we've had enough correspondence that like if we lived in the same city, we'd probably hang out all the time. Right. Right. It, and I, it, I think a lot of it comes, especially, you know, with punk and usually people coming from less than ideal backgrounds. I mean, you sort of learn that being grateful for, for all of the opportunities and everything that you get to do and all the people you get to meet goes a lot farther than being a dick. You know, obviously, if you have money to protect you, you can kind of be a dick to whoever you want. And, you know, you're just doing your job or whatever. But for people like us, it's like, man, we don't have opportunities like this. So that, you know, being grateful comes from a a real place where you're like, man, like, this is really cool that I even get to do this. And we all know that it could end at any time. Yeah. You know, this, the internet could be gone. It could be back to not knowing how to book shows anymore. You know, there's a whole generation of people who don't know how to book shows. I mean, I never book shows without the internet. So, <laughs> funny you know, story. Like, like, neither have I. Come to think of it, because right. we always at least had like, like MySpace. Right. You know, well, I'm that old. That I right. No, MySpace. I mean, I I grew up with a little bit of MySpace before yeah. before Facebook came out. That was our first. I because my my first real band that actually went out and played. It was like 2002 mm-hmm. and it was like MySpace was just a big networking toll. Like mm-hmm. it was so incredible. We were getting contacted with so many bands and this was kind of at the height when like the like labels like Mutant Pop and mm-hmm. elect, you know, Eccentric Pop and, you know, um, even smaller labels like when or bigger labels like when Lookout had a panic button when when the guys from Screeching Weasel were doing panic button Mm -hmm. these labels were like thriving but it was still very DIY it was still very grassroots it was still very um, you don't have to be on a bigger label to get heard that stuff was still going on but everything was so easily accessible because you could throw your music it was like the first time you could like throw your music out there to people yeah, that was wild. I definitely remember my first recordings probably when I was 14 and actually being able to put them on MySpace, which you still can't even do with Facebook. Yeah. So that that was wild. And so I remember, you know, when MySpace ended, migrated to Facebook, it was like, well, where do I put my music for free? You know, yeah. like, I don't... Where's I don't, my playlist? Right, like I still don't know how to get on iTunes or anything like that, which, you know, like that's... the the cool thing about the digital age is everything is becoming more accessible like that, but Mm -hmm. the same argument that everything's getting watered down and it's even harder to get found. But yeah, I I think that's 
why I like punk rock and, and the community so much because it is a lot of it, like I said, merit based, you know, mm-hmm. if you go around and you're doing the right thing and you're out there, it'll catch on. Yeah. And it's the same thing with my podcast. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about music is such easily accessible now that it almost kind of gets watered down. It gets harder and harder to find things. Mm-hmm. And you know what I, I, I'm still, when it comes to podcasts, I'm still a small podcast and I don't mm-hmm. generate tons and tons of plays because there's tons of podcasts out there about music. There's, you know, it's, it's hard to try to stand out. It's hard trying to, to differentiate yourself. The only thing you can hope for is that people spread the word. Mm-hmm. You know, I can only throw out so many notifications to different groups. You could only, you know, put your shit on so many different group sites you know, as a way to promote yourself. I mean, mm-hmm. that's all you can do right now. I mean, you're not going to, I'm not going to pay some PR guy to fucking run PR for me and right. try to get me plastered all over the place. So right. you just, you kind of just rely on, you still, even, even in the digital age, you still have to rely on word of mouth. You still have to rely on putting out good stuff because if you set yourself apart from somebody else, then maybe you'll get lucky and eventually more and more people will hear you. And because that's the name of the game is try to put yourself out there as much as you can and hope other people dig what you do and then they talk about you and then they spread the word. Right. And I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons I love tour too. And I mean, it, it comes back to personal connection. And if you can make a personal connection with your audience, they're more willing to talk to other people about it. And I mean, that's what art is, is all trying to find a way to connect with people because you know, you can't in regular life. Oh yeah. You know, it's really hard to just talk to people when I, I, I don't know. I just don't know the words sometimes, you know, like all the time. Like it's, I, I have, I have a hard time communicating just, normally trying to talk and I guess trying to get my actual point across and so obviously with art and music and stuff like that that's the biggest goal is to actually at least hope to be understood and I actually wrote a bit about that on tour this was really cool we um we were staying outside of Nashville and uh everybody except our guitar player tripped on acid and um Oh, shit. So, yeah, I ended up writing about how, you know, especially when you're writing lyrics and stuff and you're basically trying to grasp at a, a snapshot of what you thought you thought. Mm-hmm. And by the time somebody else hears it, they're trying to put together something that you didn't even necessarily get out right. And so you got to keep putting out art and hoping that anyone gets it. You know, knowing full well, no one's ever going to get it the way you intended Mm -hmm. and so it's man it's weird (laughs) it's 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 like it's like reaching into yourself and you know what you intend what you write what you intend it could be it could be interpreted to however Mm -hmm. that person in the moment feels it Mm -hmm. and you know i've done acid before so i know like sometimes you just have these clarity moments Mm -hmm. where it's just like it's it's like you almost reach inside yourself to like figure out like listen what I'm doing has has 
a, a connection with the people who are listening to it. Mm-hmm. And it's all for good things. Like you, you, you want to, you want to try to make the best music and you want to try to engage with people on that level. And it's a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially when you can, or, and, or even when it's not exactly the way that you intended and it takes on a different meaning for somebody else and it ends up being strong. Mm hmm. Yeah, I re- I remember me and my wife a couple weeks ago. There was an old '90s band that came through our area. They were called the Gin Blossoms. Yeah, I've seen them before. Actually, you have. Yeah, dude, this was the first time they were. They're like one of my favorite '90s groups, and like everybody is like, "Oh, Jangle Paw, blah blah blah." I was like, <laughs> dude, like they were the songwriters of the fu- like. They haven't made a bad song. Yeah. And, we're sitting there and my wife was cracking up because she watched me. She just was, she was watching me more than uh, she was watching the show (laughs) because I'm singing along to every song Mm -hmm. and I'm connecting with every song. And Mm -hmm. she loved that because she was like, John, like you were in the moment you were into these songs. You, you were in that moment. You were feeling it, you know, like it was awesome to watch because like in that moment, like you were like the happiest person in the world. And I was like, that's the power of music though. Right. That's the power of whether it's operation Ivy or rancid or the gin blossoms, or it's um, Dwight Yoakam or it's fucking whoever. Mm-hmm. If you connect to the power of a song, then it fucking doesn't matter. Like you can go away for a little bit and just wrap yourself in the lyrics and wrap yourselves into the music of a song. And that's why songs are so attached to emotions to um, you watch a movie and a song comes on a a movie or a, or or a show that you're watching and it fits perfectly and it and it and it and that music makes the moment because it conveys the emotion within the moment. Right. And it's fucking amazing. It's funny that it it's it I'm, I'm sure when you play live it's like you're you're looking to make that connection with somebody in the audience. You're hoping yeah. somebody takes away that feeling from when you play. I mean, obviously you're hoping everybody <laughs> yeah oh yeah everybody but, but sometimes it only takes that fucking one yeah the that one if you can get uh, that one person yeah that's my mark of a good show is if, mm-hmm. and luckily it, it pretty much does happen um at every show one person walks up and they're like dude like wow like mm-hmm. i had no idea what i was walking into and this just completely you know like restored my faith in music that's awesome and, you know like i hate you know, like there, there's tons of bands around here and stuff like that. I don't want to say that they don't put the same care into it, um, but I think people do get jaded performance-wise mm-hmm. um, because we are just all here doing it. You know, like what what really separates me from the other guys in the scene, like Pigpen and Lot Lizards and the Cutoffs and and all these other bands. They're all fantastic, and I I think one of kind of like you said, like how do you keep that that excitement? And like, mm-hmm. not like, 
you know, we're just, we're just hanging out with our friends and this is all we do. And it's like, man, like I make art to connect. And a lot of people I think make art just for themselves and that, and that's fine. You know, and I, that's one of the reason people are so comfortable staying at, at a local level, which, and there's obviously no, no issue with that. You're still connecting exactly the way that you want to, you know, mm. but I definitely feel a sense of wanting to connect more. Yeah. And uh, I only said drugs once while we were on here. Drugs, drugs, drugs. More drugs, drugs and drugs, and this song's about drugs. therapy it's Mm -hmm. therapeutic to get what you're trying to say out there Mm -hmm. and it's okay to have the attitude well even if people don't understand it i do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean and there's that 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 which is fine but like i find myself definitely connecting to music and to those bands who are making themselves available to their audience and putting stuff out there for their audience mm-hmm. not and necessarily it, that they're trying to they're they're not they're not that i'm saying they're trying to appeal to the masses but you you know when people say i'd never sell out a blah 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 blah, blah. do you want your shit heard yeah it's like mm-hmm. i want as many people to enjoy my art as possible 
Yeah. I used to like, joke around when, when Green Day was going on like some kind of Honda Civic tour or whatever. And people <laughs> are going, well, oh, fucking Honda. Listen, if Honda wanted to send me $300, I'd sell my fucking soul right now. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you right, don't, you right. obviously don't know what it's like to be in a band and not make money. Mm-hmm. You know what? So if you get the opportunity to make money off your music, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you have to compromise your sound. But if somebody is going to back you or somebody is going to give you, you know, whether it's a label or it's a or or it's a sponsor or it's, you know, people get mad when festivals have sponsors. I'm like, well, they have sponsors artists to get paid. Yeah, you want your artists (laughs) to get paid, you know, and I I, if, if you're I think if you're a real artist and somebody gave you the opportunity to just do art for the rest of your life and explore life however you wanted to, you would take it. Oh, absolutely. In a heartbeat. It's, it's not just about doing art. What Where art comes from is experience. So it's all about just trying new things and doing different things. And so you can't, if you're kind of stuck in the rat race of everything. It's and, just that. You know. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no! I mean, it's just your if your worries remain the same, your art will also remain the same. Mm-hmm. You kind of just have to find ways to inject yourself into different situations. And unfortunately, in a capitalist society, money is the the tool that helps that the most. <laughs> yeah, I never bought. I never bought into the ethos of punk rock is only for the poor people. Like right. that punk punk is meant to stay this specific thing. I mean, and if you, you want to change people, why wouldn't you want to change the bad people too? I know, I know, you and know, it's such I, a narrow minded. If, if there's anything you can do to get through to people that you wouldn't normally, because it's great to be in a room full of people where all your ideals are the same and everybody's cool and having a good time. Obviously, you want that. Mm-hmm. But don't you also want to potentially have the power to change somebody's mind who may not have thought of like you previously? Yeah, you know, I don't. It's, it's, it's just it's just the whole it's the whole punk policing, the gatekeeping, the whole like what is punk, what isn't punk? If a band gets too big, are they sellouts? If you the know, punks are the biggest hypocrites in the world you know and we're it, you aren't helps. kidding dude you aren't I mean, kidding and I, I don't even say that in a jaded way because if you can grow and you can learn from your experiences it's not a bad place to start no you know you you have to have these ideals but then you also have to you you learn to be realistic and you mm-hmm. you know you don't stay in your own narrow-minded view of well everything that's not punk is bad and everything i mean honestly we're all selling out mm-hmm. all day, every day. I mean, how do you pay your bills? You're selling out to your boss. Yeah. Okay, if it's something you want to do, well, I want to do art. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it, it sucks because if you meet a lot of these rich people we love to talk shit about, most of them are more punk than us because they're doing whatever the fuck they want to do all day, yeah. every day. So what? They show up to work. They work a nine to five, just like we do. They put on their makeup. They say their silly stuff. And then they do whatever the fuck they want to do. Yeah, that's all we're doing, or at least trying to do. Yeah, you know, like at least by making my own music, 
I can sort of set my own rules. I've never yeah. seen Green Day as sellouts because they've never actually been a corporate puppet. They've never done what somebody else told them to do. They've actually historically freaked out whenever that happened. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that they're a great example on how to keep all of your ethics and be able to make your art and make it as accessible as humanly possible. I remember when Green Day came out with American Idiot, everybody was so quick to be like, their most political album. Dude, it was a great album. I don't, he said, fuck Bush on public television, but you're right. They're the sellouts. They're the sellouts. (laughs) Yeah, because, because, (laughs) because some 12 year old who doesn't know shit about shit tells you Mm -hmm. they're fucking sellouts. Right. And it's like, dude, because they write songs that are catchy. Man, y'all yeah. are lame. <laughs> like, I, I can't at all. Like, and what I hate is a lot of it, it, and that no one will admit it, but a lot of it is thinly veiled homophobia. Oh, that music's uh-huh. gay. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what, what's wrong with that? So he sounds a little gay. He, you know, he is a little gay. Yeah. What's the issue? Like, He's, but you know who else what? was a little gay? Kurt Cobain, but Dude, nobody Kurt Cobain, says shit about that. Honestly, everybody. Everybody. I, oh, my God. I, I have to talk about this. There's a, Early on in the Foo Fighters career, they were on Howard Stern, and they did uh, a, like an acoustic version of Monkey Wrench. So yeah, Howard right. Stern's grilling them about what it's about. And he's like, you know, it's about this person that I had a relationship with, and uh, I just didn't really want to get in the way of what they were doing. And Howard Stern keeps pushing, like, was it a girl? Was it a girl? And he won't make the... The confirmation and so you're like oh my god he's trying to like out dave Grohl mm-hmm. <laughs> on the radio right mm-hmm. now you're like dude everybody i mean if you're into art you're probably a little bit gay and that's the coolest i mean like you know you're just open Here's and i the... think that's what it comes to is like you're you're more open and accepting of possible experiences and I, and I love that you brought this up because I just watched something. I, I don't remember what documentary it was or what it was, but it had talked about early New York punks mm-hmm. when they were first playing in places. They were playing a lot of places that were also having like drag shows. Mm-hmm. And they were also doing things that they were playing like. You know, a lot of that early, you know, the leather, the bondage, Mm -hmm. that was all part of the gay scene. Yeah. And and that the punks were adopting it because, you know, much like where the word punk comes from, Mm -hmm. it's a it's 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 a bitch in prison. I always thought punk was someone who took it up the ass. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel lucky. You know, the famous quote. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, yeah. And it's, but punk uh, has always been a part of that 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 kind of um, uh, queer or or uh, eccentric or um, open an underbelly. Know, that's, that's how I feel. It's just people who are open, like I said, to the possibility of new experiences. You yeah. gotta try something, and you might like it, and you're not really afraid of that. And plus, it's 2023. There is no more stigma. It's like growing up in the 90s, you know, uh, it was, you would never hear about uh, one of your classmates being gay. But now it's, my daughter's like, oh, yeah, there's like six kids in my class that are gay. And you're just like, oh, that's cool. How is it? You know, what, how, mm-hmm. how do people treat them? And they go, 
everybody just it is what it is. Right. I and mean, it's like that's fucking amazing. That's that's right. what unfortunately we, hope we see for. the uh, we see a little bit of the opposite in Florida. It's pretty crazy here. Yeah, you are in the um, fucking but <laughs> you are the butthole uh, of America. Yeah, know? unfortunately it's it's pretty hostile down here. Um for I mean minorities in general. It's uh pretty fucking crazy. It's a little odd up here too. Like we have mm. this whole we have this whole thing going on with this issue in Ohio and you know, like with like special interest groups and mm. you know, people pushing anti abortion agendas and mm. anti um uh LGBTQ plus agendas. Mm. And it's like if you come into where we live, we're a very liberal area. Right. But unfortunately, it's a very conservative state. Right. There's a lot of middle of nowhere, you know, country bumpkin um, mentality. So much like where you're from, like it's probably very liberal where you're at, but the rest of the state is like full of hillbillies and, you know, you know, sister fuckers and shit. You know what I mean? Right. Or the I mean, people that are smoking meth, you know? Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, where we live, currently it's uh it's pretty much like that it's like trump town oh really crazy but um i mean you go to saint pete and it's it's much more liberal out there but even tampa gets uh pretty conservative and stuff and so i mean luckily we have the punk scene you know yeah and that's that's what helps (laughs) and that and that's what really helps too it's like i'm lucky enough that like yes pennsylvania and ohio can both be a little conservative but you have all these bigger cities like Cleveland, Pittsburgh, even like Philly, Columbus, that there's, you know, and it's like, you'll find your people. Right. You just have to drive through the backwoods of, you know, Trumpism yeah. to get there, you know? We'll, right. We'll all make it out alive, though. You know, we'll make it out on the other side. Right, right. But, yeah, dude, I'm really happy I got to talk to you, man. Like, I... I you know, it's been a couple weeks in the making, you know, obviously yeah. a year and a half in the making, apparently. <laughs> right. So, like, but I'm really happy I had you on, man. I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to talk to you again. Yeah, me too, man. It, it's, it's always a good time being here. Uh, yeah, it's it was, uh, like I said, like, it was, I've I've watched your your trajectory over the last year and a half, and I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of the band. I'm really happy for you guys. I'm happy that you're getting the support out there. I'm happy people are paying more attention to you. I'm happy to see other labels like DCPC work with you guys. Um, you know, that you've got the opportunity to go out there and tour and that more people are getting to hear your name. And every time I see somebody post something about you guys, it it, make, it brings a smile on my face because like you guys really deserve it. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you a lot. I mean, you're welcome. Hope we can do more, you know? Hell yeah. And the next time you make it through this area, I promise I will tell everybody, do not fucking bother me this week. I'm going to see Ralph. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. <laughs> well, Steve, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and bullshitting with me. I had a lot of fun. Um, I don't want to take up any more of your time because, you know, we all got shit to do. But th- thank you so much for coming on and bullshitting with me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me again, man. You're welcome. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll be in touch with you real soon, man. Hey, you too, dude. Yeah, you take it easy, my man. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Bye. Later.
major bloodline That's it, I took so much with so little time Let's say I came from a lot of money But I threw it away just to be funny I just keep doing things that make me feel something And I can't fight the feeling that all I am is lucky I lost my mind, it's all in, inside out I gave up trying to figure it out How close will you come before you stop the climb? Look death in the face and say it's not time I just keep doing things that make me feel something And I can't fight the feeling that all I am is lucky Lucky to feel something